Good day, this is Father Reed Henseling sharing with you the daily lectionary readings for the sixth Sunday of Easter. So it's the week of the sixth Sunday of Easter. So we celebrate that feast day on Sunday morning and then throughout the week we have lectionary readings from the Book of Common Prayer, year two, and those will be from May 17th, Sunday, through Saturday, May 23rd. Now, I'm not including the Psalter, the Psalms, in these readings, because that would be way, way too much work. But those of you that have access to a Book of Common Prayer, either online or you have a book of common prayer where you can look up at the end of the book, the daily lectionary, year two, sixth Sunday of Easter, you will see uh, a myriad of psalms that that accompany each of the readings. And they have to do with when you are doing morning prayer and evening prayer in terms of which psalms you use. But if you want to use the Psalter also, I would just recommend maybe we look at one or two of those Psalms or maybe read them all. So this week we celebrate the sixth Sunday of Easter. Now, during the week of the sixth Sunday of Easter, we're celebrating Ascension Day on the 21st. We're celebrating Ascension Day on the 21st. And this is the ascension of Jesus Christ at the end of Luke 24, at the beginning of Acts chapter 1. Jesus ascends into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, which is where he is right now, actually. And so that's a very important day. And it's 40 days after Easter. Can you believe Easter was April the 12th? And so 40 days later is May 21st. So that's a big day in our calendar, Ascension Day. So on May 17th, for example, we have Leviticus 25. We're following the pattern of Leviticus throughout this week. We have Leviticus 25 on Monday and the second half of 25 on Tuesday. I'm sorry, Monday. Uh, The first half on on Sunday. And on Tuesday, we, we go into chapter 26. And on Wednesday, the second half of Leviticus 26. On Thursday, we have special scriptures for Ascension, and I'll be talking about those in a few minutes. And then we have separate we have or we have different scriptures on the 22nd and the 23rd from 1 Samuel and Numbers 11 both of them quite famous scriptures and I'll uh, share that with you when we get there in this week of the new testament readings they're all different James 1 Colossians 1 1 Timothy 2 Ephesians 1 Revelation 5 for ascension day Hebrews 2 for ascension day Ephesians 2 and then Ephesians 2 at the end of the week so next week the 7th Sunday of Easter, when we come back together, we'll be looking at the book of Ephesians. And then finally, the gospel reading on Monday through Saturday is in Matthew. And we jump to Matthew 13, and then we go to Matthew 22, then the end of Matthew chapter 28 for Ascension Day, and then on the 22nd and the 23rd, we look at Matthew chapter 7. Remember, we talked about that last week. So again, before we Uh, begin looking at our Old Testament readings. We are reading the scriptures at a leisurely pace. We read daily if we can. What I do is if I miss a day, I'll get the day before and the day of. That's a little bit more reading, obviously twice as much. I don't like to get to three and four times as much because then I... It's hard to read scriptures all at once, that many texts, and really get something out of them. So try to set aside some time during the week where you're reading the scriptures and you're meditating on them and you're thinking about them. Now, the more time that you allow for yourself, the more opportunities that you have to do that exercise, okay? All right, so let's open our Bible to Leviticus. Now, I'm old school. I have a Bible in my hand, and I am 
reading from the NIV. Are all Bibles the same? No, they are not. This is an NIV 1978. NIV 1978. And so, in chapter 25 of Leviticus, he's talking about the sabbatical year and the year of Jubilee. Now, these are very foreign concepts to us, but he's talking about, in general, the idea that you want to get is that God owns everything, and he is directing the people of Israel to behave in a certain way as to honor them and to bless one another. And he is sharing with them, he, God, is sharing with them the way that he wants them to live and the rules and regulations that he wants them to follow. Now, the rules and regulations that he wants them to follow will better their lives. It will make their lives more prosperous. And so it's important that the believer follow the word of the Lord as he directs them. In chapter 26, we have rewards for obedience and punishments for disobedience. We see that very famously in Deuteronomy 28. So, again, with that theme, he's saying, here's what I want you to do. Do not make idols. Do not set up an image. Observe my Sabbath. Now, if you obey my decrees, follow my decrees, and obey my commands, I will send you rain in the season. I'm going to bless your crops. I'm going to bless bless your trees. Therefore, by blessing your trees, I'm going to bless your fruit. When I bless your fruit, then you're going to have plenty to eat. I'll grant peace in the land. I'll remove savage beasts from the lands. You'll pursue your enemies and they will fall by the sword before you. I will look on you with favor. I will make you fruitful. I will increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant. And I will make my dwelling place among you. I will walk among you. And so... He promises through the first 13 verses of chapter 26, which we find on May 19th, all the blessing. Now, the second half of that, 27 to 42, and of course it's longer than that if you want to read all of them, uh, is, for example, 21 to 26, he has all the curses. Now, if you don't listen to me and you don't carry out my commands and you reject my decrees and you abhor my laws and you fail to carry out my commands and violate my covenant, I'm going to do this. So if you will do what I say, chapter 26 of Leviticus, then I am going to bless you. I'm going to reward you and your life is going to be much better. If you do not listen to me and you do not obey my commands, so remember in the Bible, listening implies obedience. God does not want us just to listen. He wants us to obey what he says. So we listen to what he says and we're rewarded. We don't listen to what he says. We don't obey him. And then he lists all these consequences. Now, those of you that are looking at your Bible, you'll see there's a significantly larger number of verses that talk about being cursed because you did not do what God says, versus being blessed. These are the decrees, verse 46. The laws and the regulations the Lord established on Mount Sinai between himself and the Israelites through Moses. So Moses is the medium by which he speaks, and he shares that information with. Okay? Very, very important. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew chapter 13, because I want to spend some time on the ascension, in Matthew chapter 13, we have the very famous parable of the sower on Monday, verses 1 through 16. And 18 to 23, he tells you what it means. So Jesus tells a parable in order for that to be a paradigm for a larger teaching. So he tells parables with language and imagery that they would understand, and those are to teach a very profound spiritual truth. So he has the sower that sows seed, And he has four different paths, 
four different places the seed falls. On one place is the rocky, is the, uh, uh, it falls on the path and the birds come and eat it up. The second one is the rocky places. It didn't have much soil, so it springs up quickly and the sh- soil was shallow. The third is the sun comes up, the plants are scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Oh, back to this rocky soil. The, four, the third is we have the thorns. They grow up. They choke the plants. Okay? So the first was what we call the hard path, and the birds came and ate it up. The second, the rocky soil. The soil is shallow. The sun comes up. The plants are scorched, and they're withered. They have no root. They die. The third, the thorns. The thorns are growing around the plant. The plant dies because it chokes the plant. The fourth, everything works out beautiful. Good soil produces a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. And then he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right? Now, he interprets the parable in the next day in 18 to 23. If you hear the message of the kingdom and you don't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in your heart. That's the hard path. He comes, he takes the seed, the birds come, they pick them up, the sea has no root in it, doesn't fall into the ground, you don't get anything out of it. Then you have the rocky places where the person hears the word and gets excited and receives it with joy, but he has no root. Remember, in the rocky soil, there's no root. It lasts a short time, but when trouble or persecution come, the person falls away. So in the first case, it's pretty immediate. They, they, um, the evil one comes and snatches it away pretty quickly. In the second one, they kind of get excited for a while, but persecution comes and they fall away. And the third, the person hears the word, but the problem is that the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. So in the first three soils, there's no production. There's no fruit. There's no bearing of fruit. But the fourth soil, if you will, is the good soil. Now the person hears the word, Now, in the other two cases, the second and third case, they heard the word, and the person understands it, and the person produces a crop. Remember, in the second one with the rocky places, and the third one with the thorns, no crop was produced. The seed did not take root. The seed was choked out by the thorns. This person produces a crop, but not all crops are the same. One person produces a hundredfold, one person produces 60, one person produces 30. Now, this is a type of parable that you could listen for a lifetime. It is an extraordinary parable and wonderfully, wonderfully important uh, in our soul in the terms of how we respond to the gospel message. We do not want to be callous to it and have the word come to us and it's taken away by the evil one. We don't want to have the cares of this world and the cares of this life to uh, encompass the word, and so we lose interest. When trouble or persecution fall away, we do not want to, we do not keep it. Now, we're worried about this, or we're worried about that, and the deceitfulness of wealth also Matthew talks about. So that's a wonderful scripture to meditate upon. And on Wednesday, we have the great scripture from Ephesians chapter 1, and I would really commend that reading to you. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10 on Wednesday, we have this extraordinary scripture, praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 3, who has blessed us in the heavenly, heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So everything that you need in this life has already been given to you in Christ. Everything that you need, that's a hard thing to believe, but it's absolutely true, is given to you in Christ. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blessed in his sight. You're called to be a holy person. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. No one is naturally a Christian. One needs to be adopted. One needs to have a supernatural relationship with God where God saves us through Christ by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit. You are not born a Christian. Nobody is born a Christian. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that we are born in Adam. But by God's miracle of grace, 
We are adopted as sons and daughters through Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will that he desires to save you. He desires to love you. He desires to make you his. He desires to redeem you to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given in the one he loves. So God willingly, lovingly shares his grace and his love for us. So I really strongly commend to you one of my favorite sections of the Bible is Ephesians chapter 1, 1 through 10. Please look at that on Wednesday. Now on the 21st, we have several scriptures here to celebrate the ascension. We have the eve of the ascension, and we go to a very interesting passage in 2 Kings chapter 2, and that has to do with the ascension of Elijah. So this is not the first time that someone ascended into heaven. Chapter 2, 1 through 15, we have the ascension of Elijah and the passing of the prophetic ministry of Elijah to Elisha, okay? And so that's a beautiful, powerful uh, series of verses where they were talking and suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them and Elijah went up into heaven in a whirlwind and he vanishes. And he's, Elijah then takes over the ministry, the prophetic ministry. The second reading is Revelation chapter 5, 1 through 14. So that's at the end of your Bible. And there's this beautiful, I love chapter 5 of Revelation because it's a fabulous depiction of the uh, presence of God in uh, heaven and our function in terms of praising him and glorifying him. So those of you that are interested in hearing what happens when you go to heaven and what that's like, Chapter 5 is just a beautiful chapter. The whole chapter, it's 14 verses. You are worthy to take the scroll, he's talking about Jesus, to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for men, men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Worthy is the land that was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So Revelation is very much about uh, praising the glorified Christ, the risen Christ, the one that is going to come and judge the living and the dead, the one that is going to come back again, the second coming. And he says, finally, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power. Now, on Ascension Day, we celebrate one of my favorite scriptures in the Old Testament, the great scripture from Daniel chapter 7. Some of you may know that text, and it is the chapter 7, 9 to 14. This is the ancient of days taking his seat, that is God, and uh, the thrones were set in place. His clothing was white as snow. His throne was flaming with fire. Wheels set ablaze, a river of fire coming about him. The 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 um, thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were open. And so we have this fabulous vision of the God and all of his majesty and how great he was. And then in verse 13, in my vision at night, I looked and there was before me one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. And so this one like a son of man is Jesus. He comes in the clouds of heaven. He comes to the Ancient of Days, and he was given all this incredible power, and men of every language worshipped him. Back to Revelation chapter 5. And so we have this glorified figure, this phenomenal figure in history who comes as a rabbi at 30 years old, begins a three-year ministry, is crucified outside of Jerusalem, dies for the sins of the world, is resurrected on the third day, a Sunday morning, early Sunday morning. And for 40 days, he continues to share about the kingdom of God and 
continues to teach his disciples and the people. It does not appear to everyone, appears only to a few, some. And then on the 40th day, he ascends into heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. We read in Matthew 28, his final words. Turn to Matthew 28, his final words. He says, they went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. They worshiped him, but some doubted, so not everybody believed. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So who's, who's in charge? Jesus is in charge. What's he in charge of? Heaven and earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So that's what we're doing here. This 25-minute teaching from the Daily Lectionary is an introduction to your reading the scriptures throughout the week so that you can obey the things that God has commanded you. There it is in black and white, verse 20. This is why your education in the scriptures is so important. This is not a tried exercise. This is not, if I have time to do it, exercise. This is important. This is primary. And surely I will be with you to the end of the age. At the end, on Friday and Saturday, we go back to the focus of Matthew chapter 7. We are still in the Sermon of the Mount, that fantastic series of verses that we should meditate, of course, on a life for a lifetime, 22 to 27 and 28 to 8, 4. Are you building your house on the rock? Are you building your house on Christ? Are you building your house on sand? The rain comes down, the streams rose, the winds blow and beat against the house. It didn't fall because its foundation is on the rock. If your foundation is on Christ, when you're in a crisis like we are in with this pandemic, you're going to make it. When you're in a crisis and you're built on sand, everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice. Remember, we talked about that in Leviticus 26. And does not put them into practice. is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You will not survive the pandemic. The pandemic will overwhelm, to use the analogy. So you want to have your life in Christ. And one of the best ways to have your life in Christ is to read and know and believe the Script. Very, very. He begins chapter 8 with the healing of the man that had leprosy. And again, we're seeing this man, Jesus, who had phenomenal skills, not only as a preacher, as a teacher, but also he can heal people miraculously. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, which is our Old Testament reading for the 22nd, Go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. And and again, as you're looking there, one of the great things about uh, the lectionary readings is is it gets you around the scriptures very nicely. And it just doesn't stay in one place all the time. As you're reading through the scriptures, as I said in our first broadcast, we're going through a significant number of scriptures throughout the year. And if you have both years included, of course, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity and way to read the scriptures and make them part of your life. In First chapter, uh, Samuel chapter 2, 1 through 10, we have the prayer of Hannah as she thanks God for the son that she's going to have, Samuel, a very important figure in the Bible. We also have that uh, morning a scripture reading from Ephesians chapter 2. So we're going to pick up in Ephesians Uh, when we come back next week. And then finally, in the Old Testament, we have Numbers chapter 11. You think, what in the world could could we have any importance of Numbers chapter 11, 16 to 29? And it has to do with the 70 elders that where the Holy Spirit comes down on them and helps to carry the burden of the people so that Moses does not have have to carry it alone. So that God uses his people to speak the word of the Lord, not just one person, and the body of Christ, as it were, come together to support one another. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. 
The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with them. He took the spirit that was on them and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. So God is so loving to his people that he will use different people and put the spirit on them so they can speak the word of the Lord. So we have the writer uh, Moses who wrote uh, Leviticus, and we have Matthew, and we have Paul's words. And we have John, who wrote Revelation, and we have the writer to the Hebrews, and we have the psalmist David, and we have all these people that come together that share the word of the Lord. So have a great week. Enjoy reading the scriptures and meditating on them, and I hope that God will share with you his revelation of what those scriptures mean. Lord God, bless your people. Open their hearts and minds to your holy word. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. See you next week.